0: Welcome to The Real Life Show, Living with a Chronic Illness. We are your hosts, Cassie and Chelsea. I'm Cassie, a single mom living with a chronic illness who is extremely passionate about living a full and happy life.
1: And I'm Chelsea, a mindset coach that has a passion for helping people learn to put themselves first and be the best version of themselves each and every day.
0: We came together to create Spoonies Unite, an uplifting community that offers resources, guidance, and support so you can live your best life while giving you the space to be yourself, be heard, and feel understood. We hope that by providing education from experts, we help Spoonies and their loved ones thrive. This show is not only for those who live with
1: a chronic illness, but their friends, family, spouses, and just anyone else existing on the earth. Our goal is to normalizing having a chronic illness by sharing the real stories with real people and show the world how relatable those everyday struggles can be.
0: There's a little something in here for everyone. And of course, thank you to our patrons for your continued support making this possible. If you love our show and want to get some extra goodies, go to patreon.com slash therealspooniesunite. Enjoy the show! Hi, everybody, and welcome to the real life show Living with a Chronic Illness. Today, we are interviewing the wonderfully amazing Renee Janjo Caesar. A little bit about her is that she has been suffering with endometriosis since she was 16 and only found out when she was 19. She started her chronic illness page on Instagram when she was 21 last December, and she's in her third year of law school and wishes to become a barrister, aka lawyer or attorney, in the near future, possibly specializing in clinical negligence which is amazing. Mm -hmm. She wishes to grow her Instagram page and inspire others to reach their fullest potential while battling their horrible illness, but also to reassure them that it's okay to rest. It's okay to take breaks and it's okay to put your health first. We
1: enjoy talking to all of our guests, but it was just such an easy conversation with Renee. We truly felt like we were just some girlfriends sitting around getting to know each other, having conversations. Renee has a lot of amazing insight and tips on taking care of yourself, giving yourself the space to rest, dealing with pain, body positivity, sexuality, all the amazing things. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And I just want to make sure that people know there is some lightly explicit content. I guess at the end we do talk about sex. So if you're someone who doesn't want to listen to sex, when you start hearing the conversation change, skip it. Yeah. But it's, it's, not, very, it's very PG. For I was going to say, it's definitely it's not PG. graphic. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's why I was like lightly
0: yeah. explicit, I guess. I think we all of it, that, I think when we upload our episodes, they're all checked they're all in explicit. the explicit. Box. Because
1: we <laughs> say fuck
0: <laughs> a little too
1: often. And. <laughs> My mom was just so proud when I just dropped that bomb right there.
0: Yeah, I definitely had a friend be like, do you need to cuss so much? And I was like, uh, yes. Yes,
1: we do. <laughs> so this is who we are. If you don't like it, please find a different podcast to listen to.
0: But forever. keep listening to us
1: too. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. We like to swear it's who we are. Yes. But go listen to this conversation with Renee. And you could pause this episode as long as you're not driving. You don't know if you're driving. But pause... Go check out Renee's Instagram page, like right now. Mm-hmm. Go go see it and then keep listening. At Ray Ray Does It. Yep, and it's linked in our show notes. So here's the interview. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the real life show Living with a Chronic Illness. Today we have a special guest with us, Renee Janjo Caesar. Hi. Hi, Renee. Hey. <laughs> Thank you for taking time to talk to us. I know it is a very different time zone for you because you're in London. I am, yeah. <laughs> Yay. So, Renee, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today?
2: Yeah, so my name's Renee, and I am currently in my third year of university studying law. And alongside this, I've had my journey with endometriosis it started when I was 16 was when I had to kind of my first flare ended up in hospital I was kind of told it would be a one-off type of thing and it wouldn't ever happen again so I kind of went on with my life for the rest of GCSEs kind of like struggled through it and then that was that um, in college it became a bit more of an issue because it was more like hmm It came up about maybe three or four times in the year throughout my college experience. And during this time, I was going to scans all the time. I was in and out of the doctors. I think I might have gone to hospital maybe mm, twice in in that time, not many times. Um, But when I hit university... It was a whole different story. It was in and out of a It was scans all the time um, and it became unbearable. It was laying on the ground crying. My mum, my sister coming to sit with me on the stairs like it became a thing where I wasn't really sure how I was going to continue my education because... I am so set on becoming a barrister and to be a barrister you have to be very academic and to be academic you have to attend school Um, and it started to really implement my grades and affect everything in my life Um, so I cried to my doctor and I said look like um, I really need help now like this is serious like I know that I'm doing these scans and nothing's coming back but it's time that you guys help me like properly help me Um, so I had this scan done at a private hospital they sent me to a private hospital I didn't have to pay for it thank god and um after they done all the scans and the works whatever they did they done so much stuff um the gynae doctor came to me and they were like I don't understand why all this time it's so obvious you have endometriosis look I can show you on your scan it's here I hear the endo lesions da, 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 da. and I was like what and he was so surprised that no one had told me he said how have you had all these scans he can see them all and no one has told you, and I, I cried, because he also said that I was infertile, um, he said a lot of stuff to a 19 year old girl, mm-hmm. and there was a lot, and this was the appointment, I decided to go by myself, because I'd been to so many, and they say the same thing, there's nothing wrong with you, there's nothing wrong with you, I thought, what's the point of dragging my mom at 9am in the morning, you know, like I might as well just go by myself, um, ended up being the worst experience ever, and I came home, and I cried, um, and my stepdad and my mom sat in the living room with me and like prayed over me and just had like a nice little ceremony kind of thing in the living room um and I kind of felt better but it was still really like deep in my head like I have this thing and I don't know what it's about um I' done a little googling. couldn't really find much um I just saw a lot of scary stuff you know people having <laughs> surgeries and nothing comforting um so I just kind of went on with it but when I would decide when I was 21 and I started university, um, that was in my second year, I had to take a year out. In my second year now, I decided to advocate, I decided that I wanted to meet other people with endo, I decided that I wanted to kind of bring that to my Instagram, not knowing there was actually people who done this. Um, So when I typed in like, in the hashtag box like endo and adenomyosis um and PCOS and all of that kind of stuff I found Mm -hmm. so many different accounts it was like this whole new world I had no idea what the word spoonie was what a warrior was (laughs) um and it was a whole new world it was so intriguing um so I decided to look through some accounts and I'm spoke to so many different warriors and so many people like took me in and like was speaking to me and was saying yeah this is their journey this is their experience and I thought oh my god wow I'm not alone and all these times when I go to AME and I get dismissed it's not just me and taking years and years for someone to notice you it's not just me and I thought wow like I found somewhere I can call home and there's other people like me and so I started off doing the page last December um, just for endo and then I found women with adenomyosis and then I found um, spoonies of all types um, gravitating toward my page so I I thought no 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 let me not do just endo let me do chronic illness because it's mm. a whole spectrum like there's so many people what about the undiagnosed the misdiagnosed you know um, and it just became this journey that I didn't know what I was doing um, at first but it just kind of took off and from there I started advocating and it's been one of the like most amazing things ever because it's given me so much support and so much light in this journey like I don't think I would have reached my third year of university without my account like I would have given up but I've had so much support people keep pushing me and speaking to people and just having that overall whelming feeling of like not being by yourself has allowed me to get to where I am and also be okay with like when I'm not well and when I have to take time out and I think that's so important because it's only been really this year when I've allowed myself to like, be unwell and have days in bed and just kind of, you know, be sick, I guess. Because before I used to hide it so much and then ignore me being ill, like, my stomach would be killing me and I would still go out and I'll still do things and I'll end up in a train station crying or passing out. Like, I passed out in a train station ugh, countless amount of times. And it's like, oh, no. why do I, yeah, it's like, why do I keep putting myself through this? Because I know I'm not feeling well. And these were times I wasn't on medication. and. I knew I wasn't feeling well, I knew I wasn't strong enough, but because I wanted to fit in and still get on with life because I felt like there was no other way, I would push my body beyond, you know, what it needed to be and then I'd go to work and end up in a and then I'd go to uni and end up in a and and it just was a very up and down cycle, so... I have I've, I've learned a lot and I'm at a place where I feel like I am in control of my illness for once um and just you know in a happy medium bubble where I can still study I'm on my way to becoming a barrister I'm almost there and I've got my advocating page as well like I feel finally content with a happy medium so yeah
0: Gosh, that's, that's amazing. amazing oh my god <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sometimes, Cassie and I think the same thing. I know. my
0: goodness. <laughs> so. You go ahead, Cassie. I was going to say you go. I'll go. Okay. okay. You go. So first, just really quick for all of our maybe very American listeners or others who don't know, a barrister is the equivalent of like a lawyer or attorney. I didn't know if everyone knew that or not. I mean. No. I was going to ask, but I didn't okay. want to sound stupid. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Thanks for no. being the UK translator, Cassie. Yeah. So yeah, barrister is that that's the equivalent. So lawyer or attorney. So obviously we all know how much dedication, schooling, Mm -hmm. discipline, time, effort, energy, stress, all the things that's involved in that. And A&E is accident and emergency, which is like an ER.
1: That was the other thing I was like, (laughs) I think I know what you're trying to say, but again, I didn't want to ask and look stupid. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> Thank fine. Thank you both for educating me today.
0: <laughs> and everyone else who's listening. I mean, it's just, it, but it's these like little differences, you know, mm-hmm. to like br- the British language, um, which the English language is based off of, might I add. So this American this, uh, the, language, oh, the American
1: English? yeah, right.
0: American English is messed up. <laughs> it started in England. Let's just it's be awful. sure that everyone knows that. English, <laughs> England. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So (laughs) I just have to throw that on there. So can I ask too, Renee, like you said, you're, you are now in a really good place and doing your studies and you've got your page, which can I also add to that, um, our page is also what has kept me going in really dark times too. And when I have had a hard time looking forward and like what the world is going to be like, what life is going to look like for the next, however many years, our page and community and interacting with other people and seeing that we're not alone. And that, um, connection has been like life-changing for me too. So I totally get how you feel about that. And I do want to talk like in a little bit too, about, um, how open and raw you are on your page, Mm -hmm. because we are also like that. And that was something I was really drawn to about your account too and kind of like female empowerment and the body shaming. I definitely want to talk about that too. And but, um, Renee's account will be linked in our show notes yes, for anyone that's like,
1: I need to go follow her because you do the you answer do. is yes, yes. Go follow her right now. Yes. Go follow her. Yes.
0: Um, but yeah, I wanted to ask, like you said, you're in a good place now. And so what medications are you taking for endometriosis? How is it being treated? Have you had to have had any surgeries for it? Because from my understanding with endometriosis. Um, Again, there's like, there's not a whole lot that can be done, like many of our chronic illnesses out there.
2: Yeah. So currently I had a, okay, so I've never been on any medication up until this year, January, which is when I got prescribed Tramadol mm-hmm. um, because, you know, um, they gave me, what did they give me? code. I think before, but he done nothing for me about making me ill. So I kind of lied right. to my doctor and said I was taking it, it doesn't work because it was just making me really unwell. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just didn't take it. Um, then it gave me Chamandol in January because it was getting to a point where I just couldn't walk, I just couldn't do anything, um, especially on my periods, like it was just unbearable. Like I'll just cry for five days straight and it, at work I couldn't go in, like it was yeah, too much. So Gave me tramadol, so I was on that kind of on off on off. But the thing is, I can't swallow tablets, so I was finding it very difficult to take. I'd have to take the capsule apart and take the cap and take the powder, and it's disgusting. Oh, I've <laughs> um, so, so been there. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it wasn't really working out. So, um, I found a different way of taking tramadol, which is to put it in orange juice, and that is the easiest way to take it, and it's not bitter. And that is how I take it now um but obviously because I had to keep it on a daily basis and I was taking so much of it I spoke to my doctor and he wasn't happy because I kept having to beg the do- if I didn't get hold of my normal doctor I spoke to a different doctor they didn't want to prescribe it to me so I had to mm-hmm. keep begging for it and begging for it and begging for it and they were like um no sorry I'll give you paracetamol and I was like mm, no sorry it's not gonna work um no. yeah so after that then Uh, he put me on buprenorphine patches and that was in August and we've been going up the stages with the like the amount of doses so I'm on 20 milligrams yeah 20 milligrams per hour now of buprenorphine patches which is equivalent to 40 grams of morphine every 24 hours um and I also take tramadol as breakthrough pain so I take that maybe once or twice sometimes three times a day on top of that at the moment Mm -hmm. um I had a laparoscopy done in February it was an emergency laparoscopy because I was (laughs) dying and -hmm. they were like you know what fine we'll do it now So what happened was, um, it was done at the private hospital, but it was done in a private hospital where I hadn't done my own research. Not only do they have zero endometriosis or adenomyosis specialists whatsoever, um, they have standard It it's just very standard. Um, I came out of my surgery worse than I went in. And it, it was a very upsetting time because I was assuming that even though I knew it wasn't going to be top top quality, I expected at least something to get me through. Yeah. Um, I had my di- yeah I had my diagnosis before through like MRI and um, ultrasound, and I had the laparoscopy done. And when I came out, he gave me like this this uh, whatever it was um, the discharge notes or whatever that came through the post. And he was like, "Well, we couldn't find any endometriosis." Um, but we found loads of scar tissue um, but there's no endometriosis and we don't know what's wrong with you it's probably just a bowel problem and he called yeah he when I had my because it was COVID he called me and was just like so are you better then and I was like no I'm still in so much pain and he was like oh but why and I was like well the
1: doctor's asking you why. (laughs)
2: Literally. And I was like, nothing has changed. And he was like, oh, nothing at all. And I was like, no. And he was there like, Well, if it was just a scar tissue, then you should be fine by now. And I was like, Okay, well, I'm not fine. And I was like, um, and he was like, Oh, okay, well let's um, I'm gonna send it over to your doctor and your doctor can send you over to a bowel specialist now. I, like, I don't have bowel issues. And he was like, Okay, let's just do it anyways. So he basically just did not care and he completely signed me off as he basically just was done with me. Um I cried to my doctor because he's seen me in the worst of states, so he understands and he was like, I'm not going to take your diagnosis away from you uh clearly <laughs> this has not helped um you know we still do need to do like all the other stuff like give you hormones and all of that jazz because if we're going to treat endometriosis we can't give you another laparoscopy right now anyways so we're going to have to give you hormones um all of that kind of jazz he never took it off my likes of the system or anything like that but it upsets me that this man <clears throat> done a whole surgery for me and dismissed everything Mm -hmm. he didn't do a biopsy of the tissue he removed he just decided it just wasn't endo because he's a specialist and that was it and Mm -hmm. if my doctor wasn't my doctor they would have just said that's it you don't have endo and I would have had nothing to go off um but because my doctor is like a good doctor he was like no it's fine don't worry we're still gonna treat it like endo like I don't know why it why he didn't biopsy I don't know why they haven't done this and when he tried to get in contact with the hospital they said that he had signed me off as a bowel issue and bad periods and that was it um so that's kind of where I am in my treatment they've given me the implant to put in and I had to do it because I had no choice. Um, I hate hormones. I really despise them. I've had the injection and I've had the implant before. I don't take the pills because I can't swallow tablets. So I just didn't want it. I didn't want mm-hmm. the coil. I just didn't want anything up. I honestly didn't want anything up there. just, I had enough of it all. Um, but basically I was told that if I don't have any hormonal um, contraceptions and I'm, basically not helping myself and if I don't help Mm -hmm. myself then they can't help me basically so I said I'll give them to a zumba with this implant I mean it has stopped my periods um which obviously was giving me a lot of pain but it upped my daily pain by taking away my periods Mm -hmm. does that make sense so yeah there 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 is some good and also some bad with it so it's kind of like which one would you prefer Mm -hmm. um and I I honestly don't really know I'm just kind of sitting in the bubble. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am with my medication and
0: treatments and stuff. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, because it is, it is such a great way for people to understand, you know, kind of like the ins and outs of chronic illness, diagnosis, trying things, doctors dismissing you. I mean, you've experienced it all. And thank God for the doctor that did listen to you. And I encourage everyone who's listening. If you don't have that one who like hears you find them, keep looking because they do exist. And this is going to sound really sexist. So don't judge me everybody, but he's a dude and he believes you. That is like so nice because I think that there is like a stigma out there that like men OBGYNs or whatever cannot, understand but that being said my OBGYN gyn in montana he's not currently my OBGYN gyn anymore he was amazing and he was he was also the same person who like listened to me and it was thanks to him that he sent me on my diagnosis path where i i got diagnosed with crohn's disease and um So shout out to men. So see, that wasn't sexist. I'm basically being like, yeah, boys. Right.
1: (laughs) you like, some of you are really great. (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 And I definitely relate to like choosing the lesser of two evils. You know, if you're like, you know, it's great because I don't have my periods, but my daily pain is worse. It's that is often part of the journey as well is because I, I don't take painkillers, because they make me so nauseous. And then they usually m- make most people like constipated. And that can be a nightmare for when you have Crohn's. And so I went like two years not taking a single form of pain medicine because it just wasn't worth it. But then, like, ever since my surgery uh, uh, two months ago, and they gave me painkillers again, I'm like, actually, that relief is worth it. You know, just having a little bit of relief, the nausea it's worth it. Although I did take a painkiller on Wednesday and then like my tummy's been upset literally since then. So now I'm like, okay, that wasn't worth it. But so I totally understand that dilemma also.
2: I just add about the, um, your like medications and stuff. I tried these nausea bands. I don't know if you've ever tried them, but they're really helpful. Like I didn't think it would work. Honestly. What are they? I've seen those. Yeah, they're basically just bands, and they have, like, this little ball thing that sits, I don't know, where it's, like, a pressure point. It's, yeah, and, like, um, an acupressure point,
1: I think, is where it's
2: yeah, supposed to sit. Yeah, and it sits in there. After, like, half an hour, like, the nausea, like, calms down, and when you take it off, you see the difference, like, you can feel, like, the nausea coming what back. What is it called? A nausea um, band? Either nausea bands, or C bands. I um, haven't seen those...
1: Good. But I hadn't talked to someone because I kinda I've seen them and I'm kind of the same as what it sounds like you thought of originally of like, there's no way that
0: works. <laughs> I'm looking it up on Amazon right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, no. <laughs> but I'm I mean, I'm so glad to hear that it has helped you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I hope that someone's listening and is like, I'm struggling with nausea. Well, our dear friend uh,
0: Jackie, Chelsea, remember yes. she's been so nauseous. And I hope
1: that by the time this episode comes out and she's not show, Hi, Jackie, <laughs> that she's no longer nauseous. Yeah. Cause otherwise <laughs> I that, would really suck. About these. that would be a long journey for her. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But thank you for being so open with that Renee. That's mm-hmm. a lot. I, I, the feedback we get from this podcast is that people love hearing that they're not alone. And kind of like Cassie was saying, what you just described of your experience is one that we hear a lot. And so I think the more that we can bring to light that it's not just a few people that are going through this. It is person after person, after person, after person, after person, hopefully it starts to become one, just doctors start believing people and giving you the healthcare that you need. And then also I hope that, chronic illnesses and what a Spoonie is and that experience just becomes more widespread so that if someone does find a diagnosis, it doesn't take that long period of time to be able to find a community that you're like, okay, people understand me. I know what to do. I have people to help guide me. Pardon the interruption, but Cassie and I want to make sure that you know about this amazing resource that we are so excited to be able to offer you guys. We put our heads together and Cassie and I created our Mastering Energy Management Workbook. It is a 21-day workbook designed to get you in touch with your energy, what you really want in your life, and then give you tools to actually make that freaking happen. Cassie and I have gone through this process ourselves multiple times, and each time we learn something new and we get a little bit more in touch with ourselves and our energy levels. You can find our workbook on Amazon for either a Kindle copy or a paperback copy and the link will be in the show notes. We also have 21 days of podcasts going through each day of the workbook. So if you want to get an idea of what we're talking about, make sure to check those out on our podcast. Now back to the show. So thank you. I have a question because having a chronic illness and being in that level of pain, that takes a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, but you're also going to school and not an easy school. It's, that is not easy stuff to be a lawyer or what did, what did you call it? A barrister. barrister. A barrister. Yes, okay. I'm learning. I'm learning the British That's what they stuff. call them in Australia too. <laughs> okay. Well oh. the states like to be different for good <laughs> reasons.
0: I'm watching a show on barristers in uh, Sydney and in Australia oh. right now. So yeah.
1: <laughs> So Renee, I'd love to kind of hear how you balance going to school, working, taking care of yourself showing up on social media and then trying to, I'm sure, have as much of a social life as you possibly can within all of those things. Like, how do you, how do you attempt to balance all that and still take care of you so that you can feel your best? um there's a lot of tears I'm
2: gonna be off I'm gonna be honest
1: (laughs) so tears tears. can be really good they can be very (laughs) therapeutic
2: definitely um but what I've tried to do is just try different things um have kind of schedules and that kind of stuff like and just kind of prioritize so at the moment because it is my third year Mm
0: -hmm. education
2: is my main priority so if it means that I post less on social media I post less if it means I take like longer to message people I do and because of covid the social
1: aspect is kind of okay at the moment which <laughs> sometimes can be nice i have had yeah. moments not that i'm i'm glad that i'm not going to school anymore while this is going on but there's a part of me that's like man i may have gotten better grades
2: <laughs> <laughs> the thing is for my university is that um i have mondays which is all like all day um lectures from 9 until uh 5:45 and we that's have a it. long day of lectures yeah. We have a, like, two-hour break at, like, 1.30 or something like that, where you can, like, go and eat or whatever, but um, it's a long day. But then Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday, I'm on campus, so I have to go into school still, whereas other universities, like, don't. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of the only downfall, but at the same time, because it's such an interactive course, I need that face-to-face yeah. kind of interaction. I think when I'm at home, especially being on medications, the brain fog, just feeling unwell, Mm -hmm. like when you're out of it, you kind of kind of put a brave face on because you're outside. Um, Also, you kind of put it to the back of your mind and you kind of just get on with it, you know, so I can study Mm -hmm. a lot better in school than at home. that's the first thing when it comes to friends um I have lost friends due to like being ill and stuff some people just won't understand and unfortunately they just either will ne- never will or until like they get sick or someone around them gets ill like mm-hmm. they won't ever understand this lifestyle and that's okay it just is what it is um but my good friends they understand that they're very accommodating so they will either come and visit me or we'll do something like light that we'll go out to dinner, or whatever, or just something where I can easily manoeuvre myself and that that's okay. Um, but with my school schedule, I do... Monday to Wednesday, I do schooling. Thursday is my day where I just stay in bed. I basically do nothing. It's just my rest day. It's dedicated to nothingness. Um, And then good to have a day where you don't do anything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's healthy for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And then Friday to Sunday, then I study and do everything I got to do for the following week. And then that's basically my my week. Ooh. And then In between that, I will take my Instagram posts or any videos that I need to do, um, any like podcasts like this that I've got to do, any sponsorships or whatever I've got to do. I just kind of fit that around like how I'm feeling and um, how much energy I have. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes, especially with uni, there's a lot of work one week and less work the other week. So it would just kind of depend how my body and how I'm doing. Um, So that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I'm fitting everything in. This year, as I said, has been this year when I mean this year, not like... um, 2020 but this academic year so from September has been a lot easier than last year academic year last year was really hard I wasn't coping Um, I was struggling with everything I'm I was trying to juggle working part-time and that was really hard and the only reason why I haven't worked is because of COVID Um, I was getting furloughed but then he couldn't afford to keep me. Last month was my last month um, on sick pay. And this month I am now unemployed mm-hmm. um, because of COVID. So, I mean, it has its benefits because now I can focus on studying, but in financially it's a bit of an issue. So I'm now mm-hmm. applying for PIP. Um, but I know that's another journey because they don't register endometriosis as a um, disability. So getting PIP is going to be so difficult um but that's kind of where yeah yeah literally I didn't realize
0: that I wonder if that's the same in the states I wouldn't be surprised if that's the same in the states I'm not sure I don't know I mean I'm looking it up right now
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that's I mean that that's a whole extra added challenge I mean you're right not having to work is nice because you get that time back but it's kind of like you were talking earlier when like taking certain medications does it does it help you is it worth not having it it's is it more worth to not have the time to study yeah. or exactly. to not be stressed financially
2: yeah exactly and I think that stress yeah. as well that plays a my on you when it's like when you're stressed out your flares are worse yeah. because yeah. you're just completely tense in your body and which is why I'm trying to like push myself away from like how I feel financially. Like I I'm not completely broke at the moment. i still got money and I'm gonna start tutoring again. So it should be okay. I should be able to make men's um ends meet. And also I have my family if things like, you know, go bad, I won't starve. Um also in the new year hopefully the shop will reopen I will be able to go back to work so it's not Mm -hmm. completely you know all is lost um so I kind of have to just look at it from another point of view because Mm -hmm. if I look at it from the bug standard like this is what it is I will crumble and crumbling is not going to help
1: anybody (laughs) so yeah that perspective is props to you for being so strong (laughs) and looking at the silver lining because it's it would be so easy to, to go the other way and there's In my mind, there's nothing wrong with crumbling, but you're right. It's not going to necessarily help you to
0: focus on that. And looking at the positive for anyone else who's a student of any kind out there, you know, sometimes you are going to be like broke and it's hard to make ends meet and it is challenging, but then, you know, you are working towards setting yourself up in the future Mm -hmm. and it is so hard being chronically ill and your health forces you sometimes to not be able to work or you know, get through it. And I think that's something we definitely want to bring awareness to is it's like, it's not like you can every day, day in and day out, just tough it out and keep going. And that's, no. I think what, yeah, what <laughs> oh. people just don't understand is it's like, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's just, it's just one day you can get through, but it's one day every day, Yeah, it you doesn't know?
1: End.
0: Yeah. It doesn't end. And Like, I don't know if you remember, Chelsea, and I think it was like in February, you had that really bad cold. It was was probably the Rona. I'm not,
1: I'm not convinced that it wasn't not coronavirus. It wasn't the flu, but the symptoms were very similar.
0: Yeah. Your cough was redonkulous. It was, but Chelsea said, she was like, she's like, I have been, you know, so sick body aches all week. This has been so hard. She canceled just a few work things, but mostly kept going. And she said, she's like, this has got to be what it's like for you every day. And I just appreciated that thought so much because that is how it is. It's like every day. And so um, when we went into lockdown here, we, I think that we locked down just before the UK did um, and because of Boris, but anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we, yeah, we locked down just before you guys did. And um, during that time, especially when it first started, like, I had been needing a break. I had cut my work schedule back. And so I was kind of panicking because I had zero income then coming in. But there was the other part of me that was like, okay, I have been like sending out to the universe that I like needed a break. And now I've been given a break, rest. And I started sleeping in, which is the first time in my life I did that. So it is, I think, really great that you have kind of chosen that perspective. And like you said, the new year... We'll roll around and hopefully you can go back to work and in person. And um, yeah, it's, I really hope that you can qualify for that government assistance too. I did just look it up. It did say that in the U S um, although it's not necessarily considered a disability endometriosis that the government recognizes that it can be challenging enough that you can qualify with endometriosis for disability for our listeners in the US that are listening to that for the UK get out there and demonstrate (laughs) tell them tell them to approve it Send all the letters
1: to all the people
0: honestly yeah send all the letters what
2: you were just saying as well about um COVID and everything yeah literally after my surgery I went back like two days um, yeah. and then they closed my uh, work and I was over the moon because I didn't know how on earth I was going to work yeah. um I was like oh my gosh and also my second semester of university I was grateful it was online because I, I had no clue how I was going to finish it because I was in so much pain and I was definitely not getting enough like medication to mm-hmm. get through it so there, there was some benefits on like it pausing and like slowing down at like, the whole kind of economy and stuff. Like for me personally, like it was helpful. And what you were saying about sleeping in and everything, like yeah, I feel like I'm constantly on the go. There's no yeah. stop. So Same. when it all stopped, I felt actually worse because my whole body was like, whoa, you need mm-hmm. you need a break, <laughs> you know, um but it was like you you need to get worse before you get better, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel like I needed that down slope to get to where I am now. So yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was helpful. I get what
0: you mean. Yeah, I, I felt the same way at first. I was like, holy shit. Mike!" Because it's like you, when you're on the go, then your body is like, I don't know, let's go. It's And, and relaxes. Yeah. And it's almost like kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so I, I experienced
1: that every when I was in school, I felt like I would always get sick after finals. And I was always thankful it wasn't during finals week. But I think there is something that when you're in a certain level of stress that your body is like, I have to keep going. And so it kind of does. And then when you have that moment to just breathe and chill, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't have to keep pushing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's all the shit you were holding back (laughs) all at once. (laughs) And then at that point, you can start to kind of feel better and get better. Mm -hmm. Like I always felt like my immune system got me through what I absolutely had to do.
0: And then the next week I was like, and I think your adrenaline finished. got you through. <laughs> Probably more than the immune system. And I think your immune caffeine. system was like crying for help, but your adrenaline was like, I got you. <laughs> We're going to keep going. <laughs> that and coffee. Yeah. Endless amounts of coffee. Yes. Endless amounts of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> So I want to ask Renee, so your page is, and hopefully a lot of our listeners who are not driving while listening to this have hopped over to look at your Instagram while listening to the episode, mm-hmm. but, um, I love your body positivity and I mean, I, and for body positivity, cause now there's starting to be some negative connotations about that usage. And so like the words of body positivity, um, can we i so be I'm, happy
1: about something can, world. Can we just have something be positive and not be like, well, this is the negatives, but like,
0: Yeah. So for those of you who might be hearing me saying body positivity and being like, that's now um, socially incorrect. I would just like to say that I'm all about the, like owning your body, loving your body. Everybody is beautiful. like normalizing what our real bodies look like. So that's what I'm referring to with the body positivity. (laughs) And so I love that on your page. And I also love how open you are about embracing your sexuality and like how that shouldn't be shamed or, you know, hidden or closed off, especially with having a chronic illness. Like you can still, you know, be all that in a bag of potato chips. <laughs> so will you share, I, I don't even know like what my question is. I just want you, t- I want to hear you like talking about that sort of platform, that part of your um you're sharing on your page. Yeah,
2: um, I'll talk. Of, I'll talk with the body positivity first. Um, I last year around September is when I started to get like my fitness into like gear because I put on some weight during the years. Um, you know, the college weight, the uni weight, and I found that I wasn't very happy with what I looked like. I was very swollen, uh, very bloated. I found it was less actual fat. more swelling and bloating Mm -hmm. that I just couldn't get to grips with and also I've never had regular periods so that's because I had PSOS as well so I was finding you know it it was all going hand in hand the swelling and then getting like you know Mm -hmm. acne on your face when you had like coming in your periods all of that jazz was it was doing my head in um so I thought okay do you know what let's do a whole life change um and I changed my diet and I started doing hot pod yoga like four times a week sometimes five times a week and oh my god my body was looking fire like it was (laughs) great (laughs) um but also my periods came back and like that was the main thing my periods came back like I say back it was never there like it was always irregular, but it came monthly like I got my periods to come monthly um with that it made my endo worse because my periods were such hell. Um, yeah. My doctor said, if my periods come like this all the time, I'm going to become anemic. So we got to do something about it. <laughs> so it was like a catch 22. But I was happy that I got my periods back. So I mean, that like my body was being healthier and things were moving. Um, so during that time, I got very fixated on what I looked like, because even though I exercising looked great, no matter what I did, like I was still bloat and I was still swell so much. Like, especially when I was flaring, it would be like a whole different body. My Mm -hmm. jeans wouldn't fit and my trousers would feel so uncomfortable. And like my bras, like, you know, the bottom wire, like it just, yeah, it just was not nice. And I realized that no matter what I did, I have a chronic illness and it causes swelling and it causes these things. And I've got to accept that. Um, my body's going to continuously change throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the months, like, and that's okay. And then I had my burn injury in January where I ended up basically burning myself. I had third degree burns on my thighs because I dropped, oh, <laughs> I dropped, um, not even dropped the hot water bottle I was filling and it kind of oh, came oh. out. Yeah. And fell on my thighs. I was in university studying with my friend and she had to call the ambulance. And oh was- God. Yeah, I was in and out of the um, the Burns unit for like three weeks and I was on, um, I was on a walking stick and I had massive bandages and I still sat my exams and everything. Oh Everyone's my gosh, watching. you're a
1: trooper.
0: I know. I'm like feeling afraid right now with my little hot water bottle right here. <laughs> I'm like, don't burst on me. Cassie no. is
1: sitting on her hot water bottle for those of you that cannot see the video. <laughs>
2: But it was it was so scary because I knew that, like, you know, hot water was dangerous, but I didn't know it could like burn your skin like that. Like it was it was nuts. Um, So, yeah that kind of happened and during that time obviously I had like nerve damage in my legs and stuff so I couldn't um I couldn't do anything couldn't exercise whatever so um there was that month that I had off then a the month after I had my surgery so there was no like going back to fitness and when I came from my surgery there was it was just constant pain so there was no going back to fitness and, like no matter how much I wanted to no matter how much I tried it was like I would do an hour of yoga and just that was it I'd be flaring for two weeks and yeah. I really wanted to do, I really wanted to work out. And even still now, I really want to work out. And I still, I want to do these things. But realistically, my body just isn't ready for it. And that's okay. So because I'm not doing a constant fitness, my body has changed and I've gained so weight. I've gained weight because, well, I'm not doing fitness. Um, I'm on hormones and I'm on th- two different types of opioids. Like you're going to gain weight or you're going to lose weight, but your body will change because these things we put in our body changes our bodies yeah. and um, that is something i have had to take time to come to grips with and i took like a week to like off social media and off everything just to kind of look at myself and just talk to myself and like say like am i ready to do the month of body positivity because i was going to start it i think i started it then i stopped and i thought i'm not going to put out comp- like posts on like love your body when I didn't feel like I was loving my Mm -hmm. body because that was just so fake and I didn't want to do that so I I took a week out and I just allowed me to be me and spoke to myself and kind of listened to some like just positive um, affirmations and kind of just Mm -hmm. allowed myself to be um, kind of just also watched what I was eating a little bit more as well because I knew that I was letting myself go completely because I was just sad um, and in pain and just felt like eating whatever but during that week when I started to kind of like watch what I eat not exactly like stop eating everything I was eating but just kind of like instead of eating the whole packet of cupcakes just have one Renee you don't need all of them Mm -hmm. um and all that kind of stuff it kind of made me feel a lot better um so that's why I started doing the whole body positivity because I think it's important, especially in the Spoonie community because you're on so much different things and it changes yeah. your body involuntarily. Like it's not your fault, no matter what you do. Um, and I think it's really important to still have that love for yourself in bet- like, because there's nothing you can do. Like you can work out every single day and it not make a difference. Mm-hmm. Like it's not you, you know? And it's really, really, really important. And um, with the whole like sexuality and stuff and like um, like your sexual health and sex in general and partners and relationships, it's had a really, like me being ill has had a toll on my relationships because I either hide it or I tell them too much and it kind of scares them. Um, And it's kind of like finding that, balance and also finding a good partner and also when to speak about it and who you're telling um if it's like a one night stand it's just not necessary I don't think like you just Mm -hmm. do um but if you're someone that's more serious then maybe you want to like talk to them about it and like the challenges you have and all those kind of things and also like in the bedroom like accessibility for example the way you put your pillows or like not penetration or these kind of things and I think it's really important that you have those conversations with your partner so that you can feel comfortable because I went years with just allowing myself to be in so much pain during sex just for my partner's pleasure because Mm -hmm. I didn't want him to think oh you know she can't do what a woman does um I didn't want him to think that but as I've grown up it's like well this is the way or no way (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm comfortable and I want people to know that because I didn't know that, I thought it was normal and I thought i just have to deal with it and you don't have to just deal with it. It's okay to need like, you know, a break. It's okay to need like extra pillows or, you know, to whatever you need you know to make yourself and your experience more comfortable it's okay to have that um and just to speak up and not be afraid to share those parts if you're going to be intimate with someone then you can tell them that too you know Mm -hmm. so yeah that was kind of the reasoning behind those two like months in my page
0: yay I'm so glad that you shared about all of that that's like I I don't even know what to say I'm just sitting here like yes (laughs) yes to everything that you said everything (laughs) Thank I mean, that, you. that freedom of just accepting your body. And I, i I appreciate that you said that you, you weren't even loving yourself mm. and your body. And so how can you post about it? And I think that that is maybe one of the misconceptions also about body positivity is you don't have to necessarily like love every piece of yourself, but you don't have to like hate it. It's really yeah. about getting to a neutral place where it's like, my leg is my leg, you know, and My tummy is my tummy and my skin is this thing holding my body together in one place. (laughs) It
1: makes me waterproof.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly. It makes me waterproof. And so sometimes just getting that perspective to a neutral place so that you're not feeling the stress and the negativity and the anxiety and insecurity about not liking your body. And so um, Chelsea, that reminded me while Renee was talking that we did that kind of like self-love challenge back in december or january and i think that we need to do that again maybe february
1: february
0: yeah maybe that was february maybe it was like a valentine's day thing for like loving yourself
1: for yourself yeah
0: so we need to do that again by the way because we talk about this in there is like the goal isn't even necessarily to like love your body the goal is to not treat your body as your enemy
1: hate yourself
0: yeah not hate yourself um and so I really love that you address that and then talking about that sexual health and talking with your partner and pillows and whatever you need to do to feel comfortable and that, that those conversations can be had. And I also appreciate that you're like, you know, it might be with a one night stand. Yeah. You don't have to share everything that you want. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that none of their business. You can also just be like a, you know, do whatever you want, be a normal human being in quotes, normal human being in quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To just do your thing and get yours because we deserve that too. (laughs) And, you know, you only have to disclose like whatever you want when you feel comfortable. And um, so I'm really glad that you addressed that too. I just, I I absolutely agree with and love everything that you said. Thank you. Yay.
1: So one last question that I have for you before we wrap up is what do you do when you're having like a really, really bad day, if you're having a a flare or just a high pain day, um, what do you do to kind of just take care of you? What's kind of your like go-to flare helper things? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) However that question um, needed to come out.
2: (laughs) I'll do um, two. So one is for like at home and one is for like on the go. Yes, perfect when I'm at home I kind of I kind of know when a flare is like gonna come up so I definitely cook beforehand and like pull it in the fridge if I can't I just order but I'll order something that's not fried like some kind of like rice and chicken something just Mm -hmm. you know real food um I'll just get that that's first of all because you definitely need to eat painkillers on the go have to be there um electric blanket is under my like sheet at home in bed I use that every night anyways but I have that um also my heating pad um I've used I started using this CBD like muscle rub it's from BU period that's really good also deep heat yeah that's really good um also deep heat for my back and my groin areas I use that I also use what else do I use when I'm at home hmm oh these patches as well they're from BU period as well and I stick them like under my stomach like where your like lower stomach part is and I just kind of stay in bed and I don't give myself any expectations for the day I will watch Netflix watch YouTube Um, I literally just pamper myself if I want to do a face mask in my hair like whatever it is that you can't do because like you know you've got a busy day or blah 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 I would just do in like my bed and my facilities and you know put my fairy lights on close my (laughs) curtains close the world off and just kind of have my little bubble of a day and it's okay to have those days we just kind of don't really talk to anyone obviously let people know you're alive but um (laughs) just kind of stay in your bubble and just kind of pamper yourself make sure you have enough medications don't like oh I'm not going to take it because you know I took two yesterday no if you need it take it uh, and apply yourself in heat because that helps great and just massage yourself in things like CBD and like heat rubs and stuff like that like I pamper myself in a bubble um, when I'm going out obviously I can't do the same thing because I have to go outside so I do an hour of prep where I do kind of the same thing with like the heating and stuff um I also pack my bag with medications. I take a suitcase to university that has everything in there already. So I have on the go like patches, um, the balm, the peat rub, my heating pad, everything goes inside of that suitcase. It goes everywhere I go. Um, so when I get to uni, I can plug in my heat pad and sit down. Um, also make sure you take your painkillers. Also have a really hot shower because it keeps your body like hot. And also you just feel really nice. Um, but yeah that's kind of what I do like when I'm on the go the nausea bands for when I'm on the train and like the chews because that is like I feel like the motion is like when nausea is at like, its
0: peak I thought I was going to die on the London underground last year when I was when I was going our hotel was like near Heathrow because we were going to be flying out and we went to like Harrods and everything and it was like 8 15 at night when we were taking the tube back it was just a little late and I I swear I thought I was gonna die and there was this one like tiny window that was cracked open and I was just like air (laughs) you know air I was so nauseous that like ricketiness, and I was I was just like I next time I'm gonna have to like pay for a taxi you know the tubes
2: are really horrible when you have nausea like anytime when I know that I'm not feeling well I always make sure to like dress appropriately and make sure that like I don't have huge jumpers on I have things I can take off when I get on the tube that's another thing because the more like hot you are on the tube the more you want to throw up um so I make sure that I do that and then also what you said about cabs and stuff I just make sure I have emergency money like I have a like change at home where I keep just for cabs because Mm -hmm. I know that. I might get stuck and like that is just essential um also like when you're wherever you're going on your, like your high flare days just let, the, let them know if it's your manager or your colleague or someone that's going to help you for the day I always let my lecturers know I email them on my way to uni saying hi I'm going to be late or hi this is the issue today so like you don't feel bombarded because I hate when I'm having a high pain day and my lecturer sitting there asking me questions like Renee, what's the answer? Renee, what's the, uh, look? I don't know. Today I don't know. I'm just here to take notes,
0: <laughs> um, and that's so important. <laughs> it's so that's important that they. Good know. point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really so glad think, that you shared that. Yeah. Just communicating and letting people know because I I definitely know what you mean too. When you are in like a lot of pain and not feeling well, you can like be writing and taking notes, having no clue what's going in your ear and onto the paper. I'm sure that that's the case for actually many, a student who is just brain full of stuff and, but you just can't interact. That's what happened on our podcast interview. Our last one, Um, brain fog was to the max and I like could not get my questions out and into words. I feel like I'm on it today. Yeah. But last time. So yeah. So I'm that's great that you kind of give that heads up and tell mm-hmm. your professors and and everything. So that's great advice for those other students who might be experiencing the same thing. And just
1: I think anyone just letting letting anyone whether you're a student or like you said, if you're going to go to work and you're gonna be on yeah. colleagues just being like, hey, I'm not a hundred percent today. So this is not a good time to ask me for mm-hmm. questions for <laughs> really challenging answers. Like bare minimum, I'm here. Yeah, that's what you're going to get. I think that that having that open line of communication of where you're at is really important. Yeah. And I think we could all do a little bit better job at that.
0: Mm -hmm. I know like Chelsea, you're probably one of the only people that I do that with, where I'm where I'm just able to be honest, but you know, like then that, that you're also the person that I don't feel stress and pressure about having to show up. And so, yeah, having that more open communication is huge. I, this was such a great chat. Yeah. I, I'm so glad that we got you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on with us. And I kind of want to ask, too, like just this is like a new random thing, but I sort of want to start asking people, like, what their favorite thing that they're watching is right now.
1: <laughs> just we all need more entertainment ideas. We,
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. So, what's your favorite thing that you're watching these days, Renee? Um.
2: Oh, mate. Um, I know. There's loads of stuff on Netflix. <laughs> I know. Um, social Distance is actually quite interesting. I found that really good. That's on Netflix.
1: Oh, um, I found that. I put that in my to-watch list. It looked very interesting. I yeah, didn't.
2: Really I don't know good. about it. I'm going to write it down. <laughs> write it down. <laughs> and Rocks is like, I think it's a movie. Yeah, that was really good. And The Last Ooh. Tree. That was a good film too. Oh. Uh,
0: I've
2: yeah. been obsessed
0: with... Um, <laughs> Love Island on Hulu. I watched all six seasons of Love Island UK. And no might I, I I really did. And might I add that like some of those seasons have like 50 episodes in it? Like after my surgery, I think I watched like 60 hours of freaking Love Island okay. in two weeks. Super proud of it. But I like loved all of the British banter because that's like my family. And so for me it was really nostalgic. And I was like, I'm in England with all of these people. This is great, you know. And um, so I, I, when I'm in a flare and I'm wanting to like curl up and watch TV, trash TV is where it's at for me. So I do not have to use my brain and I can like completely shut off. And, um, otherwise with my stepdad, we like to watch a lot of like mystery shows and murder mysteries and lawyer shows and stuff like that. Aww. Chelsea, what are you watching? Well, I'm always watching the office and Harry Potter. Always. Well, we haven't we haven't started our yearly rewatch yet
1: because apparently we can only rewatch it one time a year. Mm. So, but it's coming up. We normally watch it around the end of the year. Who knows? Sweet. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. Ooh, <laughs> we're recording this a week before Halloween. Yeah, and I kind of told my fiance he could pick a scary movie to watch, which means we need to watch something light and fluffy afterwards. So maybe Harry Potter will oh like, yeah i can't watch scary movies
0: i really want to see the new witches movie with like Anne hathaway but it's on hbo and i don't have hbo well, i haven't seen that but i think isn't that the role doll is it didn't he do the witches yeah because so i want to see that pretty but sure yeah. anyways well it was great to have you renee but, i'm but so before happy we go oh, yeah
1: renee how yeah. can people find you on the internet
2: um, I'm literally just on Instagram. That is where I'm at. At Ray Perfect. Ray. Perfect. That's where Ray Ray does it on Insta.
0: Yay! Yeah, and we'll link that in the show notes.
1: Go follow Renee. She's amazing. Very inspirational. Yeah. I love your posts.
0: Yeah, <laughs> They're me so too. much
1: fun. <laughs> yes, me too. Awesome. Well, thank you, Renee. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. And good luck with university. Yeah. And being a barrister. Thank you. I, remember
0: <laughs> it. I remembered what it is. <laughs> Yay! Thank
1: awesome. you. David.
0: we hope you enjoyed today's episode please write us a review to help us reach more people like you if you'd like to connect
1: with Cassie and I you can find us on Instagram at The Real Spoonies Unite you can also join our private Facebook community Spoonies Unite or you can visit our website therealspooniesunite.com for all sorts of resources and to stay up to date with our current projects
0: and don't worry you can find all of these links in the show notes below Thank you to our wonderful Spoonie patrons for all your support and you can become one too. That's right. All you have to do is go on over to patreon.com slash therealspooniesunite and you can get all sorts of extra goodies like videos of our episodes and more. Any support is greatly
1: appreciated. It helps enable us to create more content for all of you as well as make this podcast sound better and better. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be back in your ears soon.